I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up. Are you ready? We're steady. Are you steady? And go! Welcome back everyone to the Playing Putsy Podcast. Uh, this week we have lots of things go- going on. We've got Steve W, Steve D and me here today to talk about the weekend stocks. So straight away we'll get straight into it. Steve D, Steve W, how's your week been this week? The week in stocks has been pretty good, Paul. Uh, the week in stocks for me has gone quite nicely. It's been a good effort from Berkshire Hathaway, Bristol Myers Squibb and uh, Verizon. So those are three of my kind of bigger holdings. And even with a bit of a uh, down week from Amazon, uh, they've managed to pull things very slightly upwards for me by the end of the week, which is kind of nice. Uh, outside of stocks, things have been a bit more disappointing, to be honest. So I tried the Gusto Christmas Burrito uh, this week, which... Um, very rarely that I say these kind of things, but God, this was disappointing. I mean, what this is, is basically an ordinary, decent-ish, not great burrito with a load of food processed sprouts, and then you mix them through the salsa. Nobody wants that. Uh, to Uh, be honest, from the company which, uh, brought us Korean fried chicken and the clotted cream burger and the uh, Hawaiian chicken huli poke bowl, something like that. Things that have genuinely revolutionized the way I think about food. Uh, this was an unfortunate down week. How about you, Steve? How are you? I have also had a down week with Gusto. I I ordered the Yorkshire pudding pepperoni pizza, and I feel like I've gone down the same rabbit what hole. What the hell are pizza. they creating? What the hell are these guys creating? A, a, York, Wait until a you Yorkshire pudding poll. pizza and a Christmas burrito. Surely a Christmas burrito is just a, a wrap with turkey in it. That's what it's going to be, right? For for the people who no, watch on YouTube, I'm going to put... In it. I'm going to put you a picture up, but it has something that looks like grated cheese on it. Let me tell you, that isn't cheese. It's grated parsnip, which you mix with cheese, black pepper, salt, and honey to make one of the most disgusting tasting things I've ever had in my life. I left them a review, uh, basically letting them know that it was an abomination. And whoever came up with a recipe needs to reaffirm its belief in Jesus. Um, but uh, in terms of By the stocks... way, link in the description below. Um, by the way, link in the description <laughs> oh, below. For is there a link in the description? Oh, There'll be two links. I don't know. You guys probably put... <laughs> um, But yeah, stocks. Stocks has been shite. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's just a bit of a dodgy <laughs> run for uh, for growth stocks at the moment. Uh, they are growing. Uh, well, they're not growing. They're growing in the other direction. So, uh, And that's where my portfolio has gone. How's your week been, Paul? Um, my week has been kind of, it's been, a, it's been a weird week. Again, I'm just working a lot. Uh, fun fact for those on YouTube, I've got the Elon Musk haircut. I did it myself. For anyone who's not on YouTube <laughs> and listening on the podcast, you can't uh, hear that. Sorry, that you can't see that. before the hair transplant um, or afterwards? <laughs> I'll, I'll look into the hair transplant as well, but I think I've been, um, and if you look at, uh, if you were to take a look at my son who's now one he's got the same thing so i assume that i've had a receding hairline since i was one i think uh, because he's got it right now um so it's this isn't receding this is just how i've been since i was one apparently and he looks exactly like me so that's what i'm going with um uh, as far as i've been messing about with all sorts of things to be honest with you i am a little bit behind on stocks uh 
I'm I'm behind on quite a lot of things that uh, Google Finance has been a has been a blessing for me because I, the only time I really find any information out about stocks now is just for when I get an alert from them because I just haven't had the time to look at them. Um, that's not very good from someone like me, but I will be picking it back up soon. As far as the portfolio goes, I think it's done exactly the same. I think it's just had another big uh, U-shaped dip and it's it's back up a bit with um, it's, it's the thing with having some like high quality tech stock and then some valuey horrible stuff it they they seem to seem to balance them out balance themselves out a lot and you never go up i think that's how it goes uh but like you say speculative speculative tech seems to be have, have reached the top of the uh mountain and now it's coming back down in the other side in a big old avalanche so there's uh it's it's been an interesting one uh with everything going on so News-wise, what's got you most interesting interested in the news this week? Bit of inflation and a bit of um, rate rises. There's uh, uh, nothing too exciting, really. There was the the Fed tapering, which gave some momentarily momentary relief to my portfolio, but that has that has shattered itself again. So. Um, it's just a strange old time at the moment. I think the market didn't like the uncertainty. It's now got some certainty and it has commenced continuing with the way it was going. Um, I saw, I listened to Jerome uh, Powell talk and I thought he, uh, he basically told us everything that we thought, um, everything that I think we spoke about last time. We spoke about uh, rate hikes and about inflation. And um, the, the following is what we know is that, you know, there's going to be three rate hikes next year, which seems quite fast. Tapering is starting uh, pretty much now. It's going to be a lot more aggressive. They're very worried about inflation, which was transitory, but now not transitory. And um, the Bank of England has pretty much followed as well after some pretty damning inflation figures um, back on our shores. So I don't think it's a, it's not a particularly worrying time to be an investor, but it's a good time to have that number you know, of your portfolio written in half on a whiteboard behind you and taking a good look at it every morning because... Who knows? It could be there at one point. Yeah, I was uh, thinking that myself about the the uh, Powell speech and the uh, take. It's more about taking away the uncertainty. Was the same thing I came to because uh, a couple of companies like AT and T practically gone up ten percent this week. I think now based on based on what Powell has Powell has said, and the idea was I think that I think we would all agree that we would have thought that the idea that rates were going up would have suggested that companies with high debt levels that may not be able to pay them off would really start to struggle. And now for some reason, this certainty is coming to the market that rates will go up. Uh, all of a sudden, slightly leveraged companies are doing quite well this week, or they have bounced back a little bit this week. Um, is that uh, my theory on this is that, and I'm speaking mainly toward AT&T, but I'm sure you guys have got Verizon, BMY is another one with uh, which would be affected by this, that because of this uncertainty that the rates won't be going up a ridiculous amount, that they won't straight away in one year jump to 3% or something like that, and that, that 
the Fed has said that it's going to go up in 25, 0.25% increments like it normally does, it gives it gives us a plan. It gives us a bit of time to think going forward. It, that was my theory on it anyway. I don't know if you guys have got any other ideas out there. Yeah, I half go with that theory for what it's worth. I have a couple of fairly heavy leveraged companies. Verizon, you mentioned. Compass Minerals is another one that I own that has been working quite hard to bring its debt level down, but still has quite a high debt level for a company of its size. Here's what I generally thought. I thought, like you, the rate rises look fairly gentle. Uh, They now look fairly predictable, to Steve's point, that uh, what people don't like is uncertainty. I also thought that one of the reasons that the companies I've mentioned have done okay over the last few days is partly that it's a sign that there's a worry about inflation. And when there's a worry about inflation, cash today has a much higher value than cash two years, three years down the line and so on. So Steve mentioned the kind of more speculative pre-earnings techie growth things have been getting hit a bit harder. That's because their earnings are all out in the future, I think. So when you're thinking about how to discount those cash flows, if that's the kind of thing that you do, you need to build in a higher discount rate because there's a real concern that inflation might uh, get hold of those a bit more. Uh, When inflation's low, you can afford to sit and wait for money a little bit. Verizon, AT&T, both big dividend payers. Compass was until quite recently. They've axed that dividend quite uh, aggressively to pay off the debts. But um, things that generate cash today, I think, are doing okay, partly as a result of worries around inflated earnings tomorrow, I suppose. Cash today is better than cash tomorrow, isn't it? That's the uh, that's the idea I think the market's got. I did just, yeah. just want to quote Jim Caron from Morgan Stanley. Uh, he came up with a pretty good quote, which I thought summed up pretty much yesterday uh, in, in totally put. So now you've told us the known unknown becomes a known known and the market is strong enough to handle three rate hikes. We were already pricing in about three rate hikes anyway. The uncertainty is removed from the market from an equity perspective. Now they just have to focus on earnings, margins and growth. It's kind of a sigh of a relief to the equities market who thought it could be much more aggressive. That's what we're kind of thinking anyway. So I think that kind of sums up how the equities market felt about it. And then, uh, and generally companies with cash today have done okay and companies with cash tomorrow have been discounted further to counter inflation rate hikes, etc., etc. The one I think that's kind of booked the trend a little bit, and I wonder if this is market cent- uh, sentiment, is um, Tesla. Tesla hasn't dropped as much as, say, what the others have. The then it's I, I suppose it's not pre-earnings, is it anymore? But um, you, we've mentioned we talked offline here about Adobe, which has dropped down. I think Salesforce has dropped down. CrowdStrike dropped down, uh, but they're all still doing pretty well. They're still above sort of 2020 levels there's some speculative or pre-earnings growth that's still now below 2020 level but tesla is not one that i thought would or is one that i thought would take a bit of a hit has tesla now turned towards being a blue chip suck and is that what it is in the eyes of the majority of the market now it could be but it's fallen four and a half percent today so it has moved a considerable amount um I think it's got a lot of people interested in buying it. I think that's so is Apple. So is Apple and Microsoft today. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Is It's moving with the blue chips now. It's not moving with the pre-earnings growth stocks anymore. It's moving with the blue chips. And that was... Uh, that. That's kind of odd. I, I don't know. It's still got a massive PE and stuff. But is market sentiment over something like Tesla moved towards 
having it now as a as a blue chip stock. Sorry, I've kind of sprung that one on um, you there, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. It's... I feel kind of minded to go all demodorant here and say you should ask someone who owns it, which isn't me or Steve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so like... Tesla's an interesting one. I mean, it has a very loyal and committed group of shareholders from what I can see of it. I don't think there are many weak hands uh, in this. We look back across its kind of enormous returns, and I somewhat doubt that most of the current shareholders, if you just count them all individually rather than kind of weighting them by the amount that they own, I doubt many of them have experienced the kind of massive gain from holding it since 2018 or something like that. I think they've all come a lot more lately. But I do think that there's a good sense of which it has... Or they really trust its momentum, uh, at any rate, the kind of people who own this. And I think they genuinely believe, at least in some cases, uh, and quite a few cases, the earnings will get there. Um, it's just a question of kind of when and how and, well... I guess inflation is the same for everybody. So if you're thinking about future earnings, maybe. But one thing about Tesla is I'm not sure it's had any kind of dips in guidance in the way that either Adobe or Salesforce both have. So one theme that seems to be coming through from recent earnings calls to me is companies getting hammered when they lower guidance uh, for even just the next quarter or something like that uh, in ways that would seem to be disproportionate to the amount that guidance has come off. If you think over a 10-year time horizon, which most of us, I think, do, or at least that length, you're going to look at 40 lots of quarterly earnings calls. So one of them's going to be a bit lower than you thought it was. Okay, it's the near-term one, so the one that you discount the least because it's cash soon. But uh, even then, it sort of feels to me like there's been quite a bit of heavy overreacting to uh, the idea that enormous growth rates aren't going to continue sort of forever and immediately i was just gonna say as well with with tesla that's a way to pick with tesla it's very easy for them to uh not reduce their guidance because i think on some of their cars at the moment they're on a year delivery um so they they know that providing they make the units um which they're shown to be pretty good at making the the, the units that um are expected of them um they should be able to hit their their guidance pretty well obviously until they relieve some of that waiting list yeah, and of course, there's a very strong path to the growth, isn't there? The next year, there's a lot of exciting things like the new factories being opened and mm. China getting, coming online or China extending even. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Interesting. Um, so, though, yeah, the, maybe it's just... The UK have dropped um, the uh, EV subsidy. Um, they've, they've halved it and they've also... Um, I think the rate of um, it used to come in at fifty thousand, um, but it's now they they dropped it down to I think thirty six thousand, and they're dropping it again down to thirty two thousand now for you to be able to get a subsidy, which they've also dropped from I think six to two and a half grand. Um, so uh, it'd be interesting to see Tesla in the UK how they fare with that because they don't sell a car that's under thirty two thousand. So I wonder if this is a subsidy for other manufacturers in the UK. They said they will buy something like 2023, 2024. Mm. They want to do a 28,000 pound car or something like that, wasn't it? But um, yeah, there's a lot to it. Let's move on. Um, I believe you've got a game and you've been bigging this one up, so it better be good. Yes. I I have, well, because I'm useless at the festivity games, and Steve is, um, has proven to be um, very good at them, we've swapped this week um, after the Halloween trick or treat that uh, Paul missed. Um, so I'll leave Steve to come up with some Christmas themed game but I've got a game that I've just called Split which is after a film I uh, 
I rather like with uh, Mr. McAvoy, isn't it? Split. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In this, part of a trilogy. Uh huh. In no spoilers. In this quiz here, Paul, I've got so many questions about splits. You're gonna think I've gone bananas. <laughs> oh my god! You do it. <laughs> oh my no, no, god! I ain't sound effecting oh that. Oh my god! Because I might have to cut it out. Um. But also, I think, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, um, I think it's the time US kids are doing their final. So I thought I would wear some of these questions in a math style. So how it's going to work. Oh, you're having a laugh. So how it's going to work is... Wait, uh, great, great podcast material, guys. Paul's going to have to remember the numbers 1 to 10, and he's also going to have to do some basic maths. So this is going to be very interesting. Um, so I can't do basic math. We were, what are you talking it's, about? I've no it's chance. It's easy. Um, Steve, I've got you going first, and I'd like a number between one and right. ten. All right, number eight, please. Number eight. Uh, number eight is GE. So GE completed a reverse split this year. If each share was a loss-making, yep. debt-laden business. How many loss-making, debt-laden businesses did you have to hold to get one full GE share? Was it okay. eight, oh, sorry, yep. nine, or ten? Okay, so effectively what you're asking me in what we might call ordinary English is what was the terms of the reverse split from GE? Was it eight for one, nine for one, or ten for mm. one, huh? <laughs> okay so yeah there was a lot of wondering about why GE were reverse splitting because their share price was in the single digits and I think something along the lines of them disliking being uh, a single digit stock some people thought that was kind of reputational but I wonder whether it had to do with them being shorted quite a lot mm. uh, via options and it's harder to short something via options if it has a share price of well either 8, 9 or 10 times single digit rather than just a single digit um, let's try uh, that the answer is you had to hold eight loss-making, what do you call it, to get a full loss-making thing. So it was an eight-for-one reverse split. That's correct, <laughs> Steve. Well done. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So, Paul, I know you're excited. Give me a number yep. between one and ten. I'll have lucky number seven. Lucky please. number seven. Papa John's split its stock in 2013. If you had one whole pizza beforehand, how many slices did they cut that pizza into, Paul? Was it two slices, four slices, or eight slices? Steve loves this question. <laughs> I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's just got. It's just got to be. Base. I, I'm never going to know how much Papa John's split is stopped by. Um, four slices, I guess. That is <coughs> incorrect. Uh, well, they missed mean potential of splitting the pizza into four slices, surely, but Papa John's split it into two halves. So, um, two. two. Who's doing a two for what? Who's doing a two part stock split? Mm. What's the point of that? <laughs> I was see. I I was thinking that myself. I was going right. What's the mo with your question? I was going. What's the most likely? Nine's not likely. Ten is le uh, not very likely, and eight just seemed like the most reasonable. Okay, what you got for me? Okay, 
with my one, I sort of remembered it for what it's worth. I'd heard of the GE stocks, but I hadn't heard of this Papa John stock split. The only thing I heard about relevant to this was that apparently with large pizza, say apparently, more math for you. Um, I found out at the start of the first lockdown that if you get a large pizza, which is, uh, say, eight slices or something like that, and a medium, which is six, the large is more than eight, six or the medium because the diameter is bigger. So the slices are also bigger. So you actually do much, much better by getting large pizza. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Yes. Link yes, in description uh, to our Papa I, John's I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, di- I discovered the same thing when counting calories, going, uh, why is a medium pizza only 270 calories, but a large pizza each slice is 400 calories? I'm going, what the fuck? Mm. All these big numbers we're learning about today, Paul. <laughs> uh, how about number two, please, number Steve? Number two. So... Next era split its stock last year. If one kilojoule of energy equaled one stock, how many kilojoules would you have today? So, is it two kilojoules, three kilojoules, or four kilojoules? I don't want to get too carried away here, but I had an idea of a number, and one is on this list, and the other two don't sound very likely to me, but I'm now worried about the middle one. I'm worried about three. I don't think it's two. I think it. I thought it was four before you mentioned them. I own next era through this split, and I have forgotten what they split it into because I did not care. Uh, but I think the answer is four. That is correct. Four kilojoules. Go on, and Paul. How are you getting on with these numbers? There's three missing. There's a high chance uh, of failure here. Number <laughs> number, number nine. nine is available. Um. So. Uh, I have forgotten the numbers, by the way. A reverse split, whilst being part of the S&P, is very, very rare. How many have there been since 2012? Is it three, four, or five? Who's been part of it? I couldn't name any, really. General Electric Um, has. Yeah. That's one. Um... I'm going to go with five. Why not? These are just guesses. That now, is though. a very good guess. It is five. I think Citibank hey, well done, Paul. Uh, is another one um, that did a reverse split, I think. Um, and maybe that was... No, that was earlier. So ignore me. Anyway, next question. Excellent. Uh, number three, Number please. three is Intuitive Surgical has split its shares twice on the public markets, once this year and once in 2017. If a stock equals one incision in a patient, how many incisions do you get if you added the two splits up? Is it four, six, or eight? Uh, so adding the two splits together means add the number in the first and then add that to the mm-hmm. number in the second. So not if it's split into two and then split into four, you get eight because you would have been That's split right. out eight times, right? So mm-hmm. just adding. Okay, right. How many times can you split open a patient? Uh, Paul, this is your kind of question. Uh, well, uh, usually. So, um, sorry, Steve, remind me of the options it's again. I got confused four, by the question. Four, six, or eight. Mm, okay, so the first one was probably a split into two then. Um, the question is, was the second one a split into two, a split into three, or a split into four? Um, oh, no, sorry, a split into two, four, or six. Uh, mm. uh, right, so the recent one is the one that I ought to be able to tell you about. I wouldn't get the earlier one. I don't think it was that 
big of a split because their share price is still quite high. Let's try six. That is correct. They were both threes. Both three for one splits. Mm. Paul? But by the way, I will say I love the uh, level of dedication you put into this game. To be honest with you, with the little jokes, it is, it is very good. It is very good. Uh, are we on number ten? Number, number 10, ten is Citibank. So after the two thousand and eight financial crisis, Citibank stock plummeted as it almost went bankrupt, and it had to heavily dilute its shareholders. How many stocks did you have to own to get one full share of City? Was it 8, 10, or 12? That's quite a lot as well. That's more than I'd ever expect. This is um, why I give you multiple choice, because you've got no chance otherwise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I wouldn't have had a, I'd expect them to, to reverse split like three or four or something like that um i'm gonna go with eight because it's the lowest and that's the only sort of logic i can Steve, put into you're a Citibank it. fan any clue yeah i wasn't back then um uh so 12 seems unlikely it seems like the natural number here would be 12 and a half to get you to a kind of round percent so 10 10 is correct eight paul is mm. incorrect <laughs> steve I've got absolutely no chance at this game. <laughs> it's about time you lost. Uh, <laughs> number four, please, Number Steve. four. This is my favourite question. This one, I sat and chuckled as I wrote it. Oh, just no. just putting it out there. So, if each time Apple split its stock was a new iPhone version, what iPhone version would we be on? The iPhone 4, the iPhone 5, okay. or the iPhone 6? I keep forgetting there are multiple choice options coming and I keep getting numbers in my mm. head um, that uh, that have so far mainly been wrong. <laughs> um, but, okay, so... I feel like Paul was trying to tell me something, but he's on mute, so uh, I didn't hear what he said. No, uh, yeah, uh, no, I was I was kind of calculating in my head. What numbers did it's you say again? Four, five, or four, six. Four, five, and six? Okay, I reckon Apple has split its stock five times. It was four before their latest split, which uh, took it up to five, so uh, that is correct. Well, let's see, four out of four so far. Oh, I know. Whisper it quietly, I'm using up all my good luck in one go. Paul, what numbers are left? <laughs> um, I have no idea what numbers are left. Uh, number one? Left, one? Number one. Amazon is one of the more expensive stocks on the market. If its last split date was a package I ordered, what date did it arrive? Was it September 1998, September 1999, or September 2000? <laughs> I thought this was going to be a big bang moment because I haven't... Uh, I don't remember Apple... Amazon splitting at all so I thought this this would have been a good joke to include the Big Bang but I'm going to go with 2000, September 2000 that is incorrect, <coughs> September 2000 I reckon they'd have been in the doldrums uh, yeah they would have been yeah, terrible at that point in 99 just before it 
Yeah, that would make a lot okay. of sense. What's left, Steve? Five is left. Five. Is that what you're going for? I think. Uh, yes, okay. please. <clears throat> so um, this one is the biggest split since Deck from Ant and Deck went into rehab. Um, Nvidia has split its stocks five times since the dot-com crash. If you had one share after that, how many would you have today? 40, 48, or 56? Mm-hmm. Hmm, it split five times, mm. you're saying. Okay, so what... Uh, this is trickier maths than I'm okay with. That's quite a lot of splits. Uh, here's how we do maths on the Playing Footsie show, by the way. Uh, this is quite a lot of splits. These numbers get quite big quite quickly when you start doing these sorts of things. So the answer is the big one. It's 56. That is incorrect. <coughs> it's not got the full five. It's actually 48. I love the logic, Steve. <laughs> love the logic there. Love it's the logic. It's all about the details. This Go to poll. What's left? Six no idea. Give is it to pin me. company Sherwin Williams. They recently split their stock. If one stock equaled one pot of red paint, Paul, how many pots of red paint would you have today? Is it two, three, or four? Um, no one does. Well, except for Papa John's, does a two two split. So uh, it's gonna be that. Four, no idea. Three is in the middle, so let's that go is for three. Correct, well done, Paul. Two out of five. No, I did. I didn't think people did a four. Just to be clear, I was making a joke there. Now I didn't think people did a four for one split or a two for one split. It's three seems really popular, right? Three is like a really popular split um, pattern. I don't know. Four was Tesla not four? Was Tesla four for one? No, that was like uh, five, Apple, wasn't it? Yeah, five Tesla one. was five. Apple was, like, was yeah, four. Yeah, next era was next era kind of came hot on the heels of mm. that one, uh, and I was kind of hoping that there might be some nice hype around that. The way there was quite a lot of hype around both the Tesla split and the Apple split. There was a lot of sort of new retail money knocking around in the market, and we seemed to spend quite a bit of time writing out in the Discord what happens mm. when the stock splits. And no, it's not a very good idea to short it because the share price will be lower tomorrow. Um, and you know you will basically just sit there and the number on your screen will go up in terms of the number of shares and the amount will stay well it will just move with the trading movement it's, it's the same with ex-dividend um, isn't it but no there was no such hype around ex-dividend people think they should short yeah. it but they don't realise uh, that if they do that they have to pay the dividend so <laughs> so yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah you do I, if you I like to think 50, yeah. I like to think that the market has grown up a little bit from sort of June 2020 it feels like it's growing up a bit it feels like things are things are settling out or it could mean that all the retail money is starting to just fizzle out and they're all going to start going buying their Lambos and things like that would you it might do I'd like the idea that it's kind of matured a little bit I mean there's certainly nothing wrong with the idea of the first time you see a stock split uh, you're entitled to ask what it is what's going to happen be confused about what it means uh, what this means for your kind of stocks your holdings your portfolio Uh, it's perfectly fair enough question to say what the hell is happening? I've never seen a stock split before. Yeah, definitely, and and you know we're all, we're all learning. We're definitely you you guys just go ahead. You teach me th- new things every week, and that's that's what I'm here for. Before we move on, Steve, would you like a cheer? Uh, yes, I'd love a cheer. Thank you. 
Congratulations, Steve. Four out of five. Probably a B minus, but there we go. <coughs> All right. So, so, what have we got next? Uh... Thanks for watching, guys. See you later. <laughs> yep. That was split game. <laughs> Paul's mute button's got stuck. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> right, we we. I've got this mic thing on uh, where I where I press it down so I don't talk over everyone all the time. But uh, that has that has clearly caused a problem this week. Um, but there, there doesn't seem to be a lot written on this call sheet. All we've got written down is something called stocks for Paul, which is scaring the shit out of me. What what are we talking about here? Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of comments in the Discord this week that says we should bring back the medieval device known as the stocks. Um, and that we should install Paul in them. No, um, what we were thinking last week was that Paul said he was in the market for a new stock. Um, and he asked, well, I asked him kind of what he uh, had as his requirements in a stock. And we invited you to comment in the, uh, the YouTube comments or anywhere else. And we got some ideas through the Discord. But Steve and I thought we'd um, have a bit of a dig through our um, databases and screeners and the various things that we look at and see if we could find a stock for Paul. Uh, because it's a season of giving and the season of goodwill and he said he wanted one that goes up but he owns AT&T so I know that's not really a requirement um, uh, but Steve and I have found a stock for him so we thought we'd uh, just share the ideas that we have for his uh, distinctive style of dividend growth investing portfolio uh, Steve you want to go first or you want me to go first Sure, I'll go first because I believe I've hit the remit of going up. Um, in the last five years, my stock has smashed the S&P and returned 385%. Um, so, Paul, would you like to um, would you like to pick my stock? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I'll buy it. I don't even know what the name is. Let's, let's, let's That's it. it. The everything money wave investing. Just look at the numbers. 385%. That's good. <laughs> Let's go with it. But yeah, I'll give you a little rundown of it, Paul, and you tell me whether you like this company. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Uh, you just tell me whether you like the idea or not. Mm. So it's a, it's a founder-led company. It's a first mm. mover. Uh, it's in an industry that has some really high-quality blue-chip competition, and yet it's probably performing twice as well. Um, this is despite the others being really, really long-established brands. Um, it's a subscription business. It's the sort of business that we really like. Um, it's grown so fast that its, its subscribers are actually probably double the size of its nearest competitor. Um, so it competes with two of the US's most established brands, yet the value it offers its customers is about 4x um, of one of the brands, and it's about 2x the other one in terms of um, content versus cost. Um, it's both profitable. It generates free cash flow. Uh, it's got an impressive operating margin of about 22.76% um, over the trailing 12 months, that is. It's got about $7.5 in cash, so plenty of cash as per the most recent quarter. It's got about $18 billion of debt, uh, but it's commenced repaying that. And it's also started share buybacks uh, in the last five years, obviously, smashing the S&P by 385%, which is a good return. Um, annually, last year, grew revenue by about $5 billion, um, taking it from 20 to $25 billion. Profits grew from um, by about 900 million to 2.76 billion, and it had about 2 billion in free cash flow. 
Uh, I've got a bear case for you, Paul, as well, just so I'm giving you all the good good. Uh, it's US uh, growth is pretty heavily saturated. Um, it's probably not going to grow an awful lot there anymore. Um, but it does have a very strong band overseas, uh, brand overseas and it is growing overseas still. Uh, it's got a lot of scope to do so and is already a key service offering in quite a lot of those areas. The biggest bear case I found, though, Paul, is that it doesn't pay a dividend. <laughs> I was wondering what you were, uh, what what stock this could possibly be, and now you've now you've crossed off the dividend again. It's 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 going to be uh, like Netflix or something silly like that. Is that what you're mm. going for? It is Netflix, yeah. Very good, Paul. Very good. <laughs> it was, Very it good, was, Paul. it was sounding a lot like it was sounded. It sounded a lot like Netflix. Um, it was very, very, yeah, very, very good. Um, but when you said the dividend at the end, I was like, yeah, this, he's he's doing this. But yeah, Netflix is Netflix. I don't like. I really don't like Netflix. It's like, do you own? Do you any either of you guys own not, Netflix? And not, if so, why not? Oh, not why or why index. not? So I own the V World thingy, which is part Netflix. I mean, it's part a lot of things, right? But. Um, Netflix, I've struggled to get a decent kind of line <laughs> on what how to price that as a company. It feels like it's too high to me. Feels like isn't a very good reason, but you saw what I was like at maths when I was trying to do the split thing. So um, this goes into the bucket of <sighs> David Gardner has done tremendously well with this for what it's worth, as I understand it. And actually, when he kind of st states his uh, original entry price on this, that's factoring in quite a lot of, I think, split action. So it sounds really, really low. And you wonder, when did it ever trade there? That's because it's a split adjusted low. But it feels more like a kind of... It feels more like a Steve D rule-breaking type thing uh, than something that I'm um, likely to get much of a, much headway on. Sorry, Steve. So I hover over the buy button a lot with Netflix. And the reason why I haven't... Well, I don't have a reason why I haven't bought it. Because I used to buy it and I've sold it. And I'm a bit anchored on the old the old price and I sold it when I moved from uh, free trade to trading two on two and then since then it, it rocketed up in the in the meantime while it took me to get my uh, money across and I, I've never I've never bought it but my primary reason for wanting to buy it is for probably the same reason I want to keep buying ASML is that I want two boxes behind me with the Netflix and the ASML prices two things that Paul like vehemently can't get over the <laughs> can't get over the hump with but will probably <laughs> do incredibly well over the next ten years um but yeah, but what's your main bugbear with Netflix? Yeah. You just don't like the content, or I think it's undeniably an excellent business. Uh, I I know I understand I I I'm struggling where with where the value add is to Netflix, considering the rest of the market that's there. That that if clearly all all of the other streaming services clearly have the ability to add value to their business and i do understand that netflix can add a lot of value it's going into gaming next it's gonna be metaversey next and uh, you know there's a lot of lot of good stories for it cash flow positive very much soon um it's valuation right it's valuation everybody knows netflix is is there are we ever going to get it for a good price? A lot of people have sold out when it's when it's had its choppy run. I, I'm I'm worried about Netflix's valuation. I I struggle to see how long it's going to take them to to generate that earnings, especially when they've got such a huge um, they've got they they have to spend a lot on content. I, last last I remember, it's like twelve billion a year they've got to spend on content because they they lack IP. Uh, they are they are growing their IP. Obviously, it's, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of new shows out that they've that they've got but I'm I'm just not I'm just not there. Recently, I will say recently I have took my finger off the unsubscribe button on Netflix because I've been watching Good Girls which was is a very very good show. I I, I do really like that show. Um uh, and a few others, few others on Netflix, I've been really impressed with, and things like Disney, I've not been so impressed with recently. So, a, a lot of, a lot of it, my hatred for Netflix. I say hatred. A lot of my reasons why I wouldn't want to buy Netflix are because I'm not sure of the content, and I'm not. Sh- I, it feels like they just kind of throw loads of ideas up in the air and hope one sticks. And Squid Game is a very, very good example of that, isn't it? I, I just don't. I don't know, and even even the um, the CEO, what's his name, Hastings, mm-hmm. um, even he said that's that's their that's their plan. He said it in on their on their earnings call. He said we just don't know what's going to be the next big thing, so we just keep buying lots of big things. I think the others are more targeted, and they've had a longer history of being able to to target those those great those great do you shows think, do you think part of the reason you dislike netflix is that every time you ever logged on it as an adult you've had to watch paw patrol with your children <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, you just like look at it and your brain true, your brain's going you, that's the fucking thing with paw patrol on it <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no, because Amazon have got Paw Patrol. They had a lot. They had a lot more Paw Patrol. Although I must admit, Netflix has just recently ga- gained three new seasons of Paw Patrol, so I don't have to watch the same ones over and over again anymore on Netflix. Um, but I must admit, I, I'm starting to get to the end of the reel with Disney's child content. So. I, it's very hard to get my three-year-old to sit in front of a Disney film, but put him in front of um, Paw Patrol, and he sits there for ages. However, you know what's you know what's really like doing the business. I mean, I'll leave it out to you guys. With children, what do you think the most popular streaming service is for children? Uh, Peacock. <laughs> Discovery. Okay. Cheers for being facetious there, but it's it it's you it's YouTube. YouTube for kids is a huge system. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute huge system. And when I say to my three year old, when I say to my three year old, what what do you want to watch? He goes, Can I have my iPad because I want to watch YouTube? And I'm going, Oh fuck. I have created that's a monster. That's that's basically what it is. Of course, he just watches his dad's. Of course, he just watches his dad swearing shit on on the uh, on the. You got a channel where you do shit. There. But my one year old still watches uh, in the night garden. <laughs> uh, my one year old still watches uh, in the night garden and um, Teletubbies. Teletubbies, man. Teletubbies has had a massive upgrade recently. They've got little baby Teletubbies now and stuff. But uh, yeah, go back to that YouTube YouTube Kids. YouTube Kids is massive for kids. There's a lad called Blippy on there. He is uh, a red- <laughs> he's like uh, the US's Mr. Tumble. You'll start you, you're going to start seeing Blippy merch in supermarkets very very soon. Trust me. This guy is fucking huge and I've I've had the idea myself to to try and make the female version oh of Blippy God. here in the UK. So I was I've I've got it all pla- I've got it all planned. I know a lot of 
like female actors and i was like maybe we can go around and we can film a, a, f- a female blippy because i think there i think there's a market gap there especially here I in think the uk there is um, more chance so that, that's of one steve of my, and me that's one of my plans food design team at gusto <laughs> than there is of you becoming some sort of female character on a children's <laughs> entertainment show I thought that's what I thought Paul was getting at. Then I thought he was like, "There's no. room for me to dress up as a woman and, I'm, I'm not and be the to... female Blippi." <laughs> no, uh, no, I've I've just got. Uh, it's, it's an idea I've had. I think there's a gap in the market. Great idea for a, for a female. Before, Blippi. before we um, move on, Paul, to Steve Stock. Well, to, to... Um, do you want to give us a forward PE of what you think Netflix is? I've got to link us back somehow. We. We've got on a I've got on a massive tangent there. Sorry, everybody, but this is this is so basically what you just heard there is what we talk about prior to to coming on air here before. We, it's kind of weird, but yeah, tangent. Um, the P forward of PE. Netflix. Uh, is it is it like seventy forward or something? Forward P. Oh, uh, forward. Oh, higher. Uh, right. Forward P. Well. If he's, he must be, must be lower if he's, if it's going to surprise me. So, like, well, like fifty. Something. Forward P of uh, Netflix is currently forty-seven. Oh, bargain! So it's not not as expensive as you probably think. That's still too high for me. It's interesting. It's I mean, Steve, just to come back to Netflix. Yeah, it's still a little bit too high for me. There, but, did you say yeah. they were doing buybacks with something? They are planning buybacks. Yeah, they're about to start buybacks. Because as I understand the Briscoe dividend growth investing strategy, which is the kind of thing that's developed and Paul's refined over the kind of course of his investing career to suit his uh, likes and dislikes and so on, I think you kind of have historically thought of um, buybacks as uh, an acceptable alternative to a dividend, at least in some situations, right? Absolutely. I have a big belief that companies should be giving back to their shareholders or eventually be giving back to their shareholders. That's that's the goal of investing um, and not to solely uh, profit off capital appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal view. A lot of people have got a lot of different different views. And that's why and that's why I target these companies, uh, because I feel they're a little bit safer, more established. And for my little pea brain, I can maybe understand uh, a, some of those stocks a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not I'm not not I'm not not thinking about Netflix because it doesn't pay a dividend or doesn't give thing. share buybacks. It's about to be cash flow positive as far as. <laughs> yeah, it's the Paw Patrol thing. I absolutely hate it because I'm fed up of watching Paw Patrol. Um, no, uh, I must admit that forward PE is a lot lower than I thought it was. Um, I remember Netflix being at like 300 forward PE, so so it's definitely come down a lot. And like you say, some of the big, big and better growth stocks now are reducing that price to earnings ratio, that forward price to earnings ratio. Tesla being one of them, it was a thousand PE. It's now something like 300 PE. So there's there's a lot coming there. Um, it, uh, I still can't get behind it. I think the this the valuation that still knocks me, and. Uh, like I said, in the past, a lot of people have had a problem with Netflix's valuation and they've sold out and uh, they've obviously made a big mistake. It's one I'm happy to miss out on. I'm just not ready mm-hmm. for that yet in my investment journey, in my in my learning journey. Fair enough. Good luck guessing, Steve's. Uh, yeah. Why aren't you buying it? Tell me, why aren't you Why aren't you I, buying I, I it? I really Tell am me. close to buying Netflix at today's valuation. Uh, my main issue is I don't really have any money, so to buy something, <laughs> I have to sell something. Um, so 
I have <laughs> two stocks in my portfolio that I'm earmarked to just take a loss on, but it has to be to take a loss on something. It has to be an outstanding opportunity, and um, at the moment with Netflix, I'm still not quite there. Is it being an outstanding opportunity? But I do think it's a little less overpriced then people give it credit to and I think the reason people do that is because there's a little bit of share price bias and I think people see the big heavy $600 share price and without even really looking think straight away oh that must be uh, that must be a bit rich mm. potentially it's it's not for me it's the competition the competition's come in and I you know I did I I I did my thesis on discovery the other day um and I, I, there's a lot of value add to Discovery and HBO at the moment in, in the fact that HBO is in two countries it's in a few more countries than that but it, the majority of it is in two countries it's in the US and I think it's Japan and it's just released into the Scandies as well the value add of something like HBO and Discovery merged together is huge. I know you're going to say, mm, what about the debt? Debt, 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 debt. But um, I, the, the competition is, is there. Disney is proving at 100 million subscribers, I think. What's what's um, Netflix at now? 230 yeah, million like subscribers, that, yeah. something like that. Um, and then you've got HBO Max sitting down there at uh, 60 million subscribers. The the streaming wars I think are going to become a a mix of Netflix, Walt Disney, and HBO at a third, and then you've probably got room for two more, and they're all going to eat into each other's content. No one is going to have yearly subscriptions. It's all going to be cancel as you cancel as you can subscriptions. So there's going to be a lot of moving around. Netflix, like you say, has the staying power, but. I think what people really think about when investing in Netflix is the competition that's there and is it going to be the best thing? Are the public going to wake up and see that there's other other stuff out there to use? And uh, I think the uncertainty there of Netflix not being that staple one that everybody has all of the time it is in jeopardy. And the, there's a chance it's that. actually that's, the that's my bad thesis. Uh, if you look at um, the recent poll that was on um, Bill Brewster's podcast, Netflix came out as the uh, the top one that students wouldn't cancel. So they potentially have people leaving university now. Absolutely. Who are, if present thought stays, forty year customers. absolutely it's like um it's like you said the same about spotify didn't you um spotify they voted that even if apple decided to reduce in its half. cost below spotify's even uh, with apple music in half that was it um they still wouldn't leave spotify so i can i can definitely see the 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 um the reasons the the, the strength of that argument I just don't know for sure, and it's and that's a reason why I wouldn't wouldn't go into it. I I think the competition is hot now. There isn't, yeah. It, there's a lot coming to mm. it. I don't know. Steve, here's. <laughs> um, I'll talk about Lauren a little bit for a moment. Then um, this is one of the reasons I really like doing this podcast with both Paul and Steve. That we have three quite different styles, and I guess this particular segment is basically us trying to sort of piece together the bits of ourselves that we see in Paul, uh, one way or another, from either Steve or myself. Uh, Steve found you a really nice, high-flying, well-performing company um, that everybody's heard of, 
Uh, and I, as I understand it, you were getting a little bit just held up on the valuation, and I guess, loosely speaking, on the moat. Uh, there's quite a lot of competition here. How does Netflix stop people stealing all of its customers or keep making money and so on? So I found you a nice cheap company with a really obvious moat. Uh, let's see how we get on. Uh, last time I looked at your portfolio, Paul, I didn't think you owned much by way of utilities. Uh, I know people keep trying to give you free National Grid shares, but um, this is not National Grid. Uh, this is called a company called New Jersey Resources, and I suspect you weren't going to guess this no matter how much I said about the company. Um, but here's uh, basically the breakdown of this company. It's 60% basic uh, ordinary natural gas utility, uh, providing cooking and heating and stuff for people who are not me because my gas is currently off, uh, and I'm not in New Jersey. Uh, it's 20% a midstream company, so it has transportation storage stuff. It's 1% uh, gas services, and 20% is the interesting bit, which is some nice green energy products, uh, projects sorry, in hydrogen and solar, and uh, they just sold off a big wind project they had and renewable natural gas. So what you get is a kind of 60% solid uh, utility that ticks over at about uh, 9.6, I think, was their most recent rate case percent return on equity. Um, and they're going to grow that at around uh, 9% or so for the next uh, few years, foreseeably, with their various investment projects they've got on. They're trading at around 17 times next year's earnings, which is not crazy in this market. They're flinging out just under 4% by way of a dividend. Um, and they are basically as straightforward as that. They've been growing their dividend for the last 26 years, which puts them in dividend aristocrat territory. Would you like to guess at why they're not a dividend aristocrat, even though they've been growing their, year, their dividend for enough time? Uh, I'm guessing that they have three or four quarters of not of stability rather than growth. No, nope, like. it's better than that. Um, or did they cut they they cut it very recently? No, nope, not that either. Their dividend record is flawless for 26 years, from what I can see of it. They're just not listed on the S&P 500. They are too small. Uh, they have a market cap of 3.8 billion, so they're not particularly big. They have room to grow. They have room to acquire. They remind me a little bit of a company that wants to be like NextEra. NextEra is an entirely green utility that everyone's kind of heard of and is implausibly expensive at these current prices, from what I can see of it. Um, but they are basically at the moment expanding their uh, green energy stuff. You'll get some growth off of that for 20% of the company. And here's the real kicker. Based on what I just told you, I offered you 60% natural gas utility, uh, ordinary, straightforward thing, 20% midstream, 20% green energy, 1% services. I'm in fact promising you therefore 101% of company uh, in exchange for a market cap of 3.8 billion. Um, I think those are, there's some rounding going on in there. I think it's the midstream assets bit, which is uh, slightly smaller than 20%. Yeah. Um, but so what you get there is, I think anyway, the best of both worlds, a really good utility that will chuck out a nice dividend for you that will keep going up uh, because New Jersey is pretty good when it comes to regulation uh, and fairly constructive and works well with its utility providers. Plus, New Jersey have a very good uh, New Jersey resources, sorry, have a very good record with them. Plus, some nice green energy growth, and we're supposed to be investing in things that are kind of green. But this thing actually has some earnings and stuff to go with it. There you go. Buy that. <laughs> um. Do you still own Next Era yes. or not? Okay, and why 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 do you own Next Era? What what what's your reasoning for Next Era? So at the time I bought it, it was doing some very exciting things. It was basically acquiring other utilities and running them better. 
uh, that was leading to it getting favourable terms off its regulator. So just a quick bit of Utilities 101 because we don't talk about them very often and they're not always that exciting. <laughs> uh, the way things work if you're a US utility is you have an asset base for a certain amount of money and you go to your regulator and say, look, I would like to be allowed to make 10% return on this asset base or 12% or 5% or whatever the hell it is. And then there's a big kind of argument process where people come and oppose you and you make your case for them. And eventually it settles down and you're allowed to make some amount of percent. 10% is a good return. Different jurisdictions uh, tend to work in different ways with uh, different companies. So where you are located can make quite a difference to what kind of uh, returns you're allowed to make by your regulator. Next Era uh, was at the time I bought it anyway, I think the same time Steve bought it pretty much, enjoying some very, very favourable returns from regulators by basically running other utilities better. Uh, and cleaner and greener more or less which was the reason I ended up buying them uh, they now seem very expensive uh, and they've had a couple of attempts at acquiring things fail to come off uh, so they were priced for expansion and I guess both of us sort of thought yeah they will continue to grow and grow and grow here they will just keep acquiring more and more things they made a bid for Duke Energy which failed uh, a couple of years ago now or maybe a year ago or so um since then, not an awful lot has happened, but the company continues to just move forward a little bit. Yeah, that was. I'm. Um, I'm glad you said that because I, I wasn't sure if you were just going to go for the green energy side of it or not. But I do want worry in America because I have looked at a couple of utilities and I feel like they're so complicated to understand, and and that immediately just turns me off, and I go, oh, whatever, I'm out. Um, but there there is this trend right now of bigger utility companies buying the smaller utility companies in the different areas and it made me think that all utility companies including national national grid as well which is uh, we believe that that's got a moat but that is now under under scrutiny as well it it, it made me think that the all of these companies are failing in some way and I kind of tarred them with with the same brush because next era was going into these companies and making them 10 times better that that was my reasoning uh when I read about when, when I read about next era as well so my my theory on that is that it's going to be shit somewhere and uh, if I dig a little bit deeper into into that it's got there's there's a reason why this company has been able to pay a dividend for so long and live in a fairly uh poor growth sector uh traditionally um so that would be my my first thought on it and generally on utilities in general you know and then and then to extend it on you've got the attack of the green energy every company is essentially saying it's green now is that true for new jersey uh new jersey energy who knows? It'd be very, very hard to hard to see. So I don't know if you've you've got more information on that. If you've looked so, I think you've hit on two important kind of bear case points there. Uh, one is that New Jersey, the state, i.e., the regulator, is driving quite hard towards clean energy, and New Jersey Resources is sixty percent a natural gas utility. Natural gas, you might think, has a bit more of a runway than oil, uh, plausibly, um, and I kind of view that as a good thing, but. Uh, the tide is very much against them here. And the other thing is, I was slightly bluffing a little bit when I said it's got an obvious moat. I mean, it has, uh, because regulated utilities basically have monopolies in the areas that they're in. And I'm not about to take that point back. 
But whilst it is the case that nobody is going to set up another utility and start nicking their business in New Jersey, it is the case that your business can get taken away by something that's not your competition. They will be due another rate case again in a couple of years' time. Uh, they will have to keep asking a regulator. A regulator can punch inwards on their business fairly easily if they feel it's appropriate to do so. So in terms of protecting yourself from general attack rather than your business going somewhere else, no utilities that are regulated have that much of a moat. They're always under some sort of maybe not immediate but kind of constant pressure from regulators and the idea that they might have a rate case coming up. It's, it's actually a very clever system. Very cyclical on it, debt cycles, well, isn't it? There's um, always loads of debt. In very things. cyclical on the debt cycles. So, where, where, yeah, where are we on the on the cycle for that? That would be another question that I'd ask. Uh, good question. They've got a lot of investments uh, coming down on this. I know they've got a lot <laughs> kind of built out and approved, so on, which will help their kind of earnings growth. But uh, Steve, I was just going to say one of the things um, mm. that we've sort of skimmed over, but not really. Um, not really discussed is how good the US system is with utilities so basically what it what what happens with your rate hikes is so if you want to get in the in the pocket of your regulator you have to produce a really good consistent service low power outages drive tech drive green uh, the incentive to reinvest a lot of money into your network is definitely there because that's included in your costs that you can take to the regulator and say hey look we're also doing all of this to the network so realistically I know we said 8% but it's going to probably be 10 do you know what I mean so the system is really really good at encouraging development of networks so um, and that's the reason why I think they take on a lot of debt because obviously the money coming into the businesses over a period of time so they tend to load up on debt to get the projects done fast um, and then that's probably the issue I have with most of American utilities at the moment is that they're all a bit debt friendly and that might be one of those um, you know tide going out see who's swimming naked but the the good thing about that is that your dukes your dominions your next eras they're gonna be sat there with cash waiting and much much stronger uh, credit statuses uh, i.e they could borrow even more and you could see uh, just just a little bit of consolidation in the industry should should rates go well should rates have to rise um, beyond what these guys can manage uh, and what they agree with their regulars yeah, very very good point there um, two excellent stocks there. What was that? New, uh, New Jersey Resources and Netflix were the two stocks you decided that I would like to, uh, that I might like to buy. Oh. Well, we had this idea that I was going to pitch you British tobacco and Steve was going to try and flog the Imperial brands and then see if you'd buy one of them. But... <laughs> there's, a, there, oh, there's a lot to that. Um, right. Right. Uh, the i mean we're 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 kind of gonna leave it leave it on that one uh if anyone else has any ideas i in the in the discord i think um abfi was was uh shouted out horizon was shout, shouted out as well that was one i wanted to look at <laughs> um um and i was still will there was another one which i can't i can't remember off the top of my head what it was um, but yeah, if there's any stock, because I have been absolutely useless with stocks recently. I've had no time to sit down and have a really good look through anything. Uh, I sat down and watched, read the Discovery S4, and that was a waste of my life. I really, I really must admit. Um, uh, 
So, so if anyone in the comments has got a comment and that can tell me what stock I should be buying, should I be buying more growth because I'm buying all the dividend dead dogs or whatever they are, and I don't know, just keep, just bring it in, help me guys, help me buy something because I, I I'm gonna need to buy something new soon because everything is so so overvalued. Um, thank you very much guys for listening today. Um, that's about an hour and three minutes we are we are in through it. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the midweek footsie, I believe. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.